podcast is sponsored by Faf. Alongside their range of amazing sewing machines, they have a selection of brilliant overlocker and cover stitch machines. If you're ready to take your sewing to the next level, then we really recommend you have a look at Faf's range of overlockers. If you've always been intimidated by threading an overlocker machine, then Faf's air threading models are for you. We sell the full range of Faf machines, so do get in touch if you've got any questions. Welcome to episode 34 of the New Craft House podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest today, our Hayley, our product supervisor. <laughs> Welcome, Hayley. Hello, hello, everybody. So you might have seen Hayley popping up on Instagram lately, and I feel like you only just did your first like talking videos on Instagram. Mm. We're at the parties, the last couple of oh, yeah. in the last year, if you come to the parties. So Hayley's been with us for just over a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, August of last year. September. And yeah. yeah, if you've come to any events, you'll have seen her here. Our, our last party, the prom, um, Haley was wearing this amazing yellow, yellow moire cotton dress, self drafted. Yeah, if you want to put a face to the voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today Haley is with us because we are going to be talking about something that Haley knows the most about in the studio: wool and yes. sewing with wool. Picking wool for your project. Yes. Everything wool related. But before we get to that. I'm going to do like a quick fire, get to know Hayley. Shall we start? Yes, absolutely. Let's get cracking. <laughs> is this your first ever podcast? It is, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've thought about talking on them before, like, but more in the realm of like traveling or like living abroad. So I love that it's with like sewing and fabric. It's not what I expected. <laughs> Wool related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> to start with, do you want to tell everyone what your role is here at the New Craft House, what you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I'm the product supervisor. So basically everything that the customer gets, it goes through my hands first. So whenever we get deliveries in, I'm the one that I process everything. I roll it or I count it with the help of Zoe and I name it. I burn it for fiber testing. I describe it on the website. I uh, organize it efficiently so Molly and Charlotte can access it when they're packing orders or whoever packs orders. And I'm just generally involved with keeping everything really tidy and organized and like back stock and and making the collections in general. So knowing when stuff is selling out, like trying to keep an eye on on what's doing well. And then I can like replenish it because a lot of stuff we have a lot of extra in the back and it'll sell fast. And it's kind of my job to to make sure we always have some like the basic stuff or, or lots of variety for our customers. Haley yeah. is insanely organized. <laughs> yeah. When you first came around, you were a bit like, mm. um, I was very overwhelmed. I remember the day I interviewed and I went back like through the hallway and I was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff. But it's a lot to manage. It's <laughs> like, even if like you're here full time, it's, it's a lot of stuff to manage. So it takes time. And you are probably the person who knows where most everything is. is everything because pretty much the shop team know where the yeah. current stock is but you have like yeah. a grasp of everything in the whole yeah. building basically yeah and there's sometimes i'm always trying to like say where back stock is because i'll put collections up and i remember where i put the back stock and then i have to remember to tell everybody where it is because i if i'm not here one day it's like oh my gosh where is it so i'm always trying to remind myself to like educate everybody on where i stash something <laughs> and i'm always feeling bad because Haley will be away and we'll get a delivery or it'll be <laughs> yeah. a day you're not in and then me and Rosie go around there and poke poke through yeah. and then move loads of stuff no, and then you must come back and be like ah. it is if I am away a couple days like it's crazy how little things pile up like I'm really 
I like the um, the cardboard rolls to like stand up very neatly, oh, and yeah. so like um, I like I have to rearrange those or like sometimes stuff is just put on my rolling table because it needs to be like stocks counted or needs to be refit like, and so it's crazy. Yeah, if I'm gone a couple of days, it's like I come back and I'm like, oh yeah, so much I got to catch up on already. You can go but, mad. Yeah, obviously you're not. British, (laughs) from your accent, people have commented being like, "Is Haley English?" And we're like, "No, obviously not." Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want to tell people a little bit about where you're from? Why you moved to London? Mm. Yes. So um, I am from the states. I'm from Indiana, which is a state in the Midwest. It's like a flyover state, so it's kind of forgotten about sometimes. But it's um, I grew up on a farm, and so very different from the life I lead now. But it taught me like hard work and sacrifice and it's like a really wonderful way to grow up um, and have a childhood. So yeah, so I grew up, my dad's a full-time farmer and so I grew up with um, showing cows and pigs and just working really hard and being, you know, getting dirty. And uh, But on top of that, I, um, I learned to sew through a, um, there's a U.S. Um, youth leadership organization called 4-H. And it's it's basically just helps kids like foster their skills, creative abilities, uh, leadership opportunities, um, just um, community among people your age, meeting people. And so my dad is part of it. It's a really established organization in the States. And so that's where I learned to sew and do loads of crafting, scrapbooking, posters, like on top of the agriculture, so animals and all of that. So I grew up with like a very diverse amount of hobbies and creativity. And, yeah. And so um, it was kind of hard moving here because like nobody knows what 4-H is here. And in the States, that means so much if you went through all 10 years of it when you were growing up. What, is it like brownies? Yeah, it's like Girl Scouts, but... Okay, I'm not going to say you work harder because that's offensive to Girl Scouts. Oh, what, it's you like don't. more official. Yeah, it, no, it's about the same. It's it's different in different ways, but it's similar in similar ways. It's kind of, it's very similar to Girl Scouts, yeah. Um, but it's really popular across the states, especially in rural communities like where I came from. So, so yeah, that's where I got my creative background and just met a lot of really good lifetime friends and worked really hard. So, um, yeah, and so I um, the reason I'm here is... I studied abroad here in 2016, just for a summer, and I um, I just loved it. I studied fashion design in the States previously. I went to Purdue University, which is a big school in the States, and um, that I studied fashion design there, and then I, um, I went, I came here in 2016 for a summer abroad, and I just immediately fell in love with the UK, with London. I always kind of had wanderlust. I think coming from where I come from, it's like just the middle of nowhere, kind of, and just farms and fields and cities are very exciting. So I I just knew, I immediately knew I wanted to come back. It was just a very much like a soul feeling, like my I'm, I belong here and I love the culture here and I love being close to Europe and just traveling and seeing as much as I can. So, yeah, so I decided to come back. I um, I think the easiest way to settle over here is if you study here. I mean, there's other mm-hmm. opportunities, but I knew that'd be easier, and I wanted to study more because I love school. So I came back over here to study at the same school I went to, uh, University of the Arts London, London College of Fashion, and I chose bespoke tailoring, and I graduated in that last July. Uh, and I chose that because uh, in my design degree, I... Uh, I really loved 
learning the basics of design, but I, I really wanted to learn more about fitting and, and tailoring in general, just like the more technical skills, like really beautiful um, handwork. And I just love traditional crafts like that, especially stuff that's dying out. So not that tailoring is dying out, but you know, I think it's important to keep, to keep the skills going. So, so yeah, did my three year degree and tailoring and want to settle here hopefully permanently that's the goal and here i am (laughs) so that's fast fast forward ahead and here so you've been in london four years years. over four years yeah um and then just to finish it up round it up what's your favorite thing to sew oh gosh um what like garment or like or like anything Oh what do you enjoy gosh, sewing the most? I don't even know. I love making dresses for myself. Um, I think I just, I, I really love hand sewing. So anything I can like hand finish, I I really love. I Because of the tailoring degree, I like doing suiting, but I haven't really had, I haven't really made myself any suiting stuff officially since I, um, especially since my degree, but really since I learned, cause I've either made it for my model or I've made it for clients. And so it's kind of actually my goal in this, this like winter. Yeah, yeah. Like in the cold dreary months of January, February to like actually draft and finally make myself a suit. We'll see. You've never made yourself a suit. No, I haven't. Not, not, what? not completely bespoke. No, no, I haven't. I made myself like trousers and stuff and skirts, but not I haven't like done a it. Fool. Yeah. I just want to make like a really beautiful blazer and I have cloth. I just, I have to draft it and get on with it. So yeah. I don't know. Amazing. Thank you. Of course. Um, a lovely whistle stop tour of Haley. <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on to sewing wool. So now yes. everyone, our listeners know exactly why you're here because yes. you are the wool expert in the office. Um, the reason that we have like placed this podcast episode now is because mm. we have two collections of wools going up. Do you want to chat a little bit about them? Yeah. The, the one of them in particular is really so nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to get a lot of wool up for you guys before the end of the year. Um, just because I think it makes sense to give you time to sew while it's cold. But so, yeah, so um, we have a really incredible wool crate collection cutting. It, it just got, we just got it in from a really good London designer. And it's always really exciting when we get their deliveries. And so we got it all in in like three batches. And we were just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's all, it's 18 or 19 colors of single and double faced wool crepes. And they're all, made in Italy and like pure wool, like, like just incredible. It says on the selvage, like made in Italy, pure wool. It's, they're beautiful. And, um, it's nice too, that there's a mix of single and double for different weights. So yeah, that's really exciting. And then the one after that is mostly, I'd say it's like half coating, half suiting, but it's going to be like a variety of whatever we kind of have left. We want to throw in just a nice mix of stuff and, about half of that is from the same really nice designer. So it's a mm. lot of very fancy like coatings and like kind of boucle wools and yeah, there's variety of weights. Wool rib as well, which is Oh so yes. And nice. there's like a black wool rib and it's like quite chunky. It's like a four by four so yeah. it's massive. It's like a massive but comfortable. It's not itchy. It's really lovely. Yeah. Like a dress in that would be 
really weighty and cozy yeah. and so like a nice. collin dress or yeah. a really nice little like skirt or yeah or a cardigan that'd be really nice like a cardigan for home yeah so we've thought thought that we would bring Haley on to talk a little bit about sewing with wool mm-hmm. um we know that like it's quite an intimidating fiber to sew with but yeah not really for any reason like we were just chatting about why that is but maybe it's because it's a more expensive yeah. fiber yeah so there's yeah. a lot of stake <clears throat> so if you're a beginner you steer away from it yeah um just so you're not ruining um a, a really nice fabric but Haley's going to go through some tips for sewing with wool so firstly why should someone sew with wool i think that the number one thing with wool is it's it if you have it in your head it's difficult to sew with like just take it out of your head because it's it's such a not as not only is it a wonderful fiber to work with but it's it's long lasting it's durable it's warm it's like you can either you can even wear like lighter weight wools like in in the summer if it's not a super hot day like it yeah. there's there's literally just it's breathable there, it is it's breathable there's a wool for you <laughs> and it's because it's like <laughs> there's a wool for you just like above the wool section yeah. there is a wool for you um yeah so it's it's a beautiful fiber to work with because it's natural too it's just it it like wicks away moisture really well and and i think like odor and stuff it just it's oh, yeah, I could talk about it all day. Yeah, it's antibacterial. Such a yeah, exactly. An- antimicrobial. Microbial. Microbial. You know, like if you wear wool socks, me and Rosie have yeah. have a friend um, who is a knitwear designer. I remember yeah. her one day being like, "No, your knits, your wool socks, you just don't need to wash. Like, yeah, totally fine. Like, yeah, yeah." And it's true, like they don't really smell. Yeah, wool stuff just doesn't smell. You just air yeah. it out, and it's just yeah. And a lot of machines now, like have wool settings on them like you're just like washing um, machines air around it yeah well like or mine now has like an official signal from woolmark which is like the the big wool like corporation thing they that um measures quality standard and stuff and it's like an official it looks like a triple loop and like my washing machine has it on there and so it's like you can turn that to the wool for the wool setting I don't actually know. I've never used that setting. Try it but out. I should try it. I just got this really gorgeous merino blanket when I was on holiday, and I should just try it on that. Yeah. Yeah, just to see what it does. Because I remember reading this thing about machines that have, or it wasn't even a machine, it was like a drawer yeah, in the yeah, laundry yeah. area that had a wool refresher. So you'd like yes, hang yeah, yeah, up yeah. your wool garment, and then it like blasts it with air, and it just like yeah. airs it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You can wash wool stuff in the yeah, machine as well. Like I, I'm wearing right now actually a, a wool merino mm-hmm. top, with um, not from our store but from the fabric store. If you yeah, those merinos, um, and this I just chuck in on the wool cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. every so often and yeah, and most of clean. like Uniqlo's stuff now is like their merino. A lot of it is machine washable. Yeah. they've made it so you can wash it. So yeah, it just depends on like the fiber. I think just do, do your research online because. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know how a lot of them wash. I think it's best to look it up and, like, see what experts tell you based on what it is. What we recommend for um, customers is to just cut a swatch. Yeah. Measure it so you know how much it's shrunk as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just do a test just to see how it washes. Yeah. Like, coating, I mean, we're going to get to this, but, like, coating, I wouldn't chuck in the machine. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. That's probably dry clean. Yeah, definitely do a test. Yeah. Um, but handling wool is not difficult. Yeah, no, it's, and I think the other thing too is people assume it'll be really itchy. It's like, there can be really like soft, 
comfortable wools like you can wear against your skin and even if you are really sensitive to fibers you can like line it with something comfortable like a cotton or a viscose lining which we have lots of or like a satin lining and then it'll still keep you warm and mm. you can still wear it but it's like lined yeah amazing so in our wool section in the shop if if a customer comes in what like and they're navigating it mm, what yeah. different wools do we have there <clears throat> yeah so we have a really lovely selection. It's It kind of just depends what you're working on. We have, like, the lighter weight ones tend to be, like, a lightweight crepe or a really lightweight wool twill. Usually twills are, can be a bit more medium weight, but we have had lighter ones. And uh, and then it gets more into, like, suiting weights, which is, they, they can really kind of vary. So it can be, like, a really lightweight one or, like, a medium weight one. Usually if it's a twill weave, it has a bit more substance to it because that twill weave gives it uh more sturdiness to work with and and then you kind of get down into like flannels which are they can be really lightweight but they can also be heavyweight and then uh, like tweeds and boucles are a lot like plushier and softer and uh, more comfortable typically they aren't as itchy if you're worried about itchiness it's kind of a good one to start with and they can also be woven with cotton quite a bit which makes it's really nice when you have like a wool cotton mix that's like ideal because it's just the right amount of both and then we also get into like the heavier coatings um heavier and lightweight like fleece-backed ones and really like fibrous ones like a zebeline finishes like when it's pressed and really shiny and has a bit of a pile to it and and then we have like some of the like double faced twills and like double faced crepes, which are a lot thicker and really nice to work with. And then a, a variety of them from all weights can have stretch in them as well. So it's if you are a bit worried about a, like a garment that's a lot more fitted, it might be better to get a stretchier wool because you just have that extra little bit of give. So yeah, I think that's kind of a, the majority of them are one of those kinds of weaves and if a customer comes in or emails then we can like help direct yeah definitely if you let us know what project you're looking for a wool for yeah like we're whenever we're in the shop like we if you come during the week like we might be working but we are all more than happy to we love talking about fabric (laughs) so just like grab one of us and we're more than happy to like show you the other thing too is we have quite a bit of fabric that you might just see one roll out, but it depends on the fabric. We have a lot of back stock on some. Like we'll have one fabric we get in and it'll be like, it could have like six rolls or seven rolls of back stock. So if you're like a small designer and you um, you want to batch stuff, we it just depends on the fabric. So it doesn't hurt to ask. If, especially if it's like a skinny roll and you really like something, please just ask because it's very likely that we might have some extra. So. Yeah, and for lots of coats, if you need like four meters for it, yeah, it might not look like there's enough, but we might have enough. There. Yeah, no, definitely. That's the thing with wool is like some of it wraps really tight, and then other ones it'll only be like a ten meter roll, and it'll it'll be massive, but it's so thick that ten meters like yeah, it fills up. So yeah, it yeah. just depends on your project, I think. What sort of garments are wools the best for? Yes, so it's there's a reason that tailoring is known for using wools. It's definitely meant it's it's best for suits and trousers and skirts like pinafore dresses it's i think it's um number one it's because it's so beautiful and easy to work with because wool has that fibrous handle i think it kind of when you're sewing it when it when you you when you're doing a seam and you get one finished on the machine it 
wool doesn't move as you sew it. It's very rare that it does. It, it's because those fibers, like when they're like um, sandwiched onto each other, they really kind of latch into each other. It's kind of like velvet and in the way that those yeah the fibers latch in so it is so easy to sew with it just glides through your machine it's easy to pin and so because of that it's traditionally used in a lot of really basic garments like suits uh suit separates and skirts and pinafores and it it can be and, and, do, and even dresses honestly tops it can be used for such a wide variety of things and it's it's, it's, it has a wonderful handle, so like as you're sewing it, it feels really good to work with. And it's because it's warm, it or because it's a natural fiber, it's really warm. Because obviously it was, came from sheep, and so most tools come from sheep. And so because they have that on them, it keeps them warm when they're in pastures. And so, yeah, the suit is meant to like keep you warm and like layer up with it. And same with coats. So, yeah, I think that that's like why... That's like the main stuff you make with it, but you can diversify so much. Honestly, I don't think there's much stuff you can't use wool for, because it, especially if you want something to, to keep you warm, which is great for this time of year. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of the general synopsis. Do you want to give us your top tips for sewing with wool? Yeah, of course. Uh, <clears throat> so Hannah and I were just talking about this before. I think um, it's definitely good before you cut anything out, to press and steam your cloth so like uh, if you need to roll it up or however like lay it flat with your ironing board and just like just go over the whole cloth and like like press 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 give, give it some steam move so around so you can do it with mo so you can roll it up do it like through multiple layers at once you no, i mean you layer. can i mean roll it up more is like um, as you're doing it on the uh, okay, like, like bring roll it, it up through. nicely, have it prepared, yeah. and then like press it as you go and make sure you steam it. Because when you steam the wool, it um, if it, it usually shrinks it a little bit. So then when you cut it, you're not disappointed when something doesn't fit because you've already gone through. And not only does yeah. it get the creases out, but it, it pre-shrinks it a bit, and that takes away the how you normally would wash something that would shrink mm -hmm. it in the machine. So it just it kind of prepares it so you don't have a disappointment when it comes to cutting. Yeah, because I only. Found that out like two years ago, something. Oh I mean, yeah, I didn't find out to my degree, honestly. But, like with a coat, I've made coats in the past, and I'm, I wasn't steaming it. Yeah. So if I ever need to do any cleaning yeah. of it, I'm sure it's going to shrink and not be wearable. But I didn't know that at all. That yeah, you meant to like steam the whole length, and obviously before you cut your pieces out. Yeah. Well, I feel like coats, it might not be as bad because they're meant to be a bit bigger on us anyway, but like a blazer or trousers or a skirt is like, yeah, you definitely. Oh, yeah. It's like, there's yeah. no wiggle room. Yeah. Like if that. it's like a thick coating, like a boucle or something, like you don't need to do it. Like okay. it's, it's like a thinner, I mean, you, you probably could, but be, when something's that thick, I, I just don't, like the iron's not going to do much in my head. Like maybe if you used an actual like a handheld steamer or something, it might help. But that stuff doesn't usually tend to wrinkle or it does fall out okay. on its own. But I would say like anything like lighter, medium weight, or yeah, lighter or medium weight cloth. Um, yeah, it's just good to go over it, give it a press and a steam. And um, yeah, kind of use your judgment if you feel like you should use an iron on it or not. Yeah. I mean, you can do a test as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just check it how it's... Yeah how it reacts to it totally and then after you've finished your garment just to do like wool care yeah i mean i i have a like quite a few of these merino wool tops which i do wash mm. and then i've got a like some wool jersey thicker wool jersey yeah. that like pullover thing that i wear yeah those i just stick in the wash 
in on a wall yeah. circle. Yeah. With other similar coloured walls. Yeah. But I don't know if that's that's bad. I don't do it really often, but something like yeah. you've made a suit, you've made a pair of tailored trousers. Yeah. How do you take care of that? I think it. I think it. I think you're right. I think it depends on the fiber because I've never really had wool jersey. I don't think I have. I I've had like the extra fine merino wool like tops from like Uniqlo, mm-hmm. and I have put those in the wash before, and they've been fine. But the wool I do have, honestly, I don't think I put it in the wash. And honestly, I a lot of the wool I have, if it's like a pair of wool trousers, I think quite a few of the ones I have are lined. And so mm. I just don't wash them because I only wear them maybe once or like maybe twice a year. Spot clean them. Yeah, like spot clean. Yeah, if I, anything I spot clean them. But I think you, if you have a dry cleaner you trust, that's a big one. Uh, but I just think it's good at like naturally like taking care of odor issues and all of that. If, and if it does, like yeah, spot clean it or, or take it to a dry cleaner if you're worried about it. Okay, so spot clean, air it out. Yeah, air it out. Hang yeah. it nicely so it holds its shape. Yeah, the thing with cashmere is you're supposed to like lay it flat. To dry. Like, yeah. And yeah. just, in, I think, like, to keep its shape, because, or, like, fold it up nicely. Because if it if it's, like, on a hanger and it gets pulled down, like, it can negatively impact the fibers. Yeah, don't yeah. hang jumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you get the little, like, corner. Yeah, the little corner like, of the, the hanger, yeah. Um, I actually store all my, I've just got my bag of coats out. Yeah. And they're all just, like, scrunched up in a... <laughs> yeah, they just need a, to hang I think out. that's probably quite bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then fine. because we talk about it every podcast at the moment, I feel like I talk about my moths that I've eaten <laughs> yes. my tops. Rosie talks about her massive moth infestation. Yeah. Um, how, what's the best way to like deal with that? Because obviously yeah. if you're going to spend hours making a tailored garment or yeah. not even spend hours, but you've just spent a lot of money on, on a special fabric, yeah, then you don't want it to get eaten. Yeah, I've actually had a massive problem with this too because the carpets in my flat are part wool. And obviously that's, I mean, I rent, so it's not my fault. But um, I've had moth problems before. And what I got are like the little sticky moth uh, traps. And honestly, I think that that's kind of eradicated them because I don't see them flying around now. But I have had them eat at stuff. And so... Yeah, I think you guys have talked about it before. You just put put it in the freezer <laughs> if you see holes yeah. or anything wrong. Uh, and I did that for the first time, like, last year. I had never put anything in the freezer for moths. But I'd never had a problem with it, so... Apparently you meant to, like, put it in the freezer, get it out, hoover it, put it yeah, back in yeah. the freezer. Like, you meant it... Because Rosie, Rosie seems to think that they can survive a freeze. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I really don't know. It's but possible. Your little pheromone traps. Yeah, they're nice. Sound. I have a little spray too, like a fabric spray, like fabric moth spray. Mm. And it's okay. It has like a lavender tinge because they don't like lavender. Yeah. And so that did help. But, um, and then I did end up getting kind of an intense spray that kills them on contact. But I've only used it like once because the traps have worked so well. Yeah. Also, they're so. like high chemical. chemical. You know, yeah, exactly. I should not <laughs> use it. It's only if I see one and I'm really angry and I can just go get my just spray. Get it. <laughs> just want to get it, nip it in the bud. Yeah. When someone is sewing with yeah. wool, are there any special tips for cutting? Like, do you recommend, say, especially for, like, suit a suit mm-hmm. or um, suiting weight wool, mm-hmm. do you recommend cutting with scissors, cutting with a rotary cutter, mm-hmm. cutting it flat, on fold? Is there anything that people should be avoiding mm-hmm. with that? I mean, I think, number one, if uh, the way to cut wool, this is, I mean, the way the tailors do it is we use tailor's chalk. And... 
it, I mean, there's a reason they do. It glides so beautifully across the cloth. So you take your pattern piece and you sharp it. Make sure you have Taylor's chalk. It's really sharp. You take like paper scissors or specialty scissors and um, sharpen the edges of your chalk. So it's really like sharp mm-hmm. line and edge. And then you um, you glide it around your piece. You hold your piece down and glide it. Mark your notches. Mark your darts, whatever you need to. And it, it is annoying because if you have like a, an ivory or a white cloth, you can't use it. And there are colored chalks, but I do not recommend using a colored chalk because it is really hard to get that <clears throat> color sometimes out of, yeah. like you don't want to use a blue chalk on and ivory. The dust spreads as well. Or sometimes the chalk doesn't come out. I've, I don't know why they even make it. I don't think it's smart. I, don't, I have no idea. But so I only use white. And so if you're, if you're using a darker fabric that the white can show up, I highly recommend using chalk. Uh, and just being really exact with your cutting. Yeah, you can do on the fold. I've, I've, I do it on the fold, and I, you just like press it out when okay. you bring it back around. But I think it's really important too. I think this this is with any cloth, but especially with wool because it can be more expensive. Just like lay plan very efficiently because mm-hmm. I I can't t- I probably spend more time lay planning than cutting like twice the amount of time because I am really big on like cutting efficiently and being really sustainable, yeah. and then you have as much as possible extra at the end. Um, I think commercial pattern companies they can get better at it, but uh, like when I was like learning simplicity growing up, I'd look at a, a lay plan and I'd be like, "What? Who did? Who did this? Yeah, like you, this makes no like sense." Yeah. And it's like it's like the weirdest little like puzzle that it, it's not a like correctly figured out puzzle. It's just stuff's kind of everywhere. Yeah. And I'm just like this is so wasteful. So I think the number one thing is yeah, lay planning. Very ignore the lay plan. Do your own. Oh yeah, yeah. Ignore the lay. Like as long as you're going with the grain on like the important yeah stuff. Like I think it's kind of your discretion if you go with or without the grain on specific pieces. I mean, you should go with it on as many as you can. But if you have to go off the grain to like save a bit of fabric, I I recommend like yeah, if it's a weird I do it like occasionally depending on the pattern. Piece. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't do it with a trouser leg. <laughs> yeah, but like a like a patch pocket or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you don't have that doesn't have to be. Yeah, if you, yeah. especially if you want to go with the direction of a print. Or a pattern. Um, yeah, yeah, I think chalk is a big one. I really like using... Ever since I've like learned how to use chalk, I love using chalk. And then are there any specific pins? Or are we all right so. to go in with our regular? I mean, I use like a glass head pin. I don't like using... I like to, uh, to have a head on the end of it just because I can grab yeah, it easier. But that's... Got, I know it's personal it. preference, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it definitely but is. But like the ones without an end... Oh yeah, just I, the, the I steel pin. cannot stand them. Yeah, I just no, me either. I hate the way the little spiky yeah, top feels because it but, hurts when you push it in with your finger. Yeah, I don't like know, I yeah. want. I've always had the the glass head or plastic. I recommend. Oh yeah, don't you if you can get rid of your plastic end heads and get glass because if you're ironing mm-hmm. and it, I have melted those onto my fabric before. Yeah, because I was we ironing. Don't have them and, here. Yeah, but some students do bring their own pins in and yes. they get they infiltrate yeah um so Gemma does go through quite often and pulls out all the rogue <laughs> pins that I've got and in. the steelhead ones infiltrate my like little magnetic uh, pin thing and I'll I'll be I'll finish yeah I'll use all of them and I'll be like how did that get in yeah, here there's I like do five not left. use these yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cannot stand them that's really funny did you know that as well as their sewing machines, Faf also have a range of high-end sewing tools and accessories. We love their scissors that are all forged from German steel. Incredible quality, they'll be with you for a sewing lifetime. What thread should people use when they're sewing with wool? I think you can just use a basic thread, honestly. I've never used a non 
I've just used a poly or a cotton. I mean, cotton breaks a lot quicker, but oh, actually, that's another thing with wool. I mean, this is this is any fabric in general, but basting. Um, if you're working, if you're working on like tailoring or a really nice suit, um, using a cotton basting thread, any kind of cotton thread, anything that breaks really easily, mm-hmm. and basting together, that is another big trick because then when you put it through the machine, your pins are gone. So basically, you put, you like line up your your edges of your fabric together, right sides together, or whatever, and you you can pin it first if you need to, and then you take and do a really long basting stitch by hand. Mm-hmm. And then you put it through the machine, take your pins up, put it through the machine. Okay, cool. And then it's that that is so much easier because then when you're sewing, not if you do. So, I mean, I do sew with um, put the pins through the machine. But with wool, if it's spacing thread, it's not going to have an indent from where you sewed over a pin, like yeah, a possible hole or something. Mean, yeah. So I think I think basting is it's extra time and effort, but it pays off like because then you don't have as many puckers and it's just really smooth and i think if you don't like hand sewing and you want to starting with basting is like the first step like if you you can get used to a nice running stitch and basting then you can like work up to doing like the hand finishing stitches like felling or prick stitching or like doing blanket stitches it kind of just um yeah you can work your way up to it it can be really therapeutic to do the hand sewing and wool is like the perfect thing to hand sew because it glides so easily through your hand with the needle it's just wonderful yeah that's because you love hand sewing i do <laughs> yeah most people I'm don't thinking <laughs> uh, yeah it requires Rose, so much patience i get it rosie's just finished her coat well actually she's nearly finished her coat yeah. she's wearing it now um hayley did the pockets the welt pockets, the welt yeah. pockets for her yeah and they are really really nicely sewn yeah. oh, thanks. <laughs> outsourced yeah <laughs> it's good to keep practicing on them and then machine needle for wool? Yeah, it just depends on the weight of your fabric. Um, so like a 70 or a 10, I can't remember the number. Yeah. Yeah, that I would use that for like a lighter wool crepe or maybe up to like an 80 for like a wool twill or like a medium suiting. And then probably like a, nine, like a 90 for a thicker, like a boucle yeah. or a thicker fabric. I'd say just, yeah, just like your typical other fabrics, just kind of go with um that but yeah just like a, t- a normal width stitch um unless you wanted i mean you can do machine basting but it would take you more time because with hand basting it can be a lot more spread out like it doesn't need to be like yeah they, they can it can be like a couple cm apart the stitches okay. it's just like a big stitch and the other thing about basting too is um putting like sleeves in beforehand and doing a fitting it's really good for like fitting it on yourself without wasting the time of doing a machine stitch and then having to take it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's perfect for doing fittings as well. Okay. Really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is going to start their first wool project. Yeah. What would you recommend? I'd probably start with like a skirt because that's like the easiest thing you can sew. I, um, just like a nice, like a line one or one like a bit longer with a vent or like a slit just because you can get a handle for it. It's it's really nice. You, you can do one that's a bit bigger and not fitted, but a fitted wool skirt like to your frame is such a luxury. And so I think if you can, if you have a pattern you already like that is um, like a skirt pattern or a pinafore dress, like something really mm-hmm. simple, uh, that is a really good place to start. 
and then kind of work yourself up to some trousers because the thing with trousers is just, you know, if you want the belt loops or like a thicker waistband or if you want, depending on pockets too, if you want like an inseam or a slant pocket or <clears throat> a welt pocket on the back or a pouch pocket, like that's just more work. And you can also put those pockets on a, a skirt as well, but I think a skirt is a really easy place to start and then you can get it done and fit it to yourself and make adjustments and then work your way up from there. And um, I haven't made myself a coat, but it it's really not that intimidating, I don't think. I think, I mean, Rosie just did hers. That was her first one, wasn't it? Hers? No, no, she's made coats. She yeah, oh, she's okay. Made, she's made coats, like, every other year, I'd say, and then oh, worn okay. it for oh, nice. two years. So maybe that's, like, her third Oh, okay. Coat. But it's the, it's the nicest, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think the hand, I mean, if you don't like hand sewing, I think that that can get in your head, like, oh, I don't want to do that, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's quite a daunting project because it's like yeah. 30. I think it's said on the instructions, this is going to take you 28 and a half hours or something. Yeah, it's not like a day project. No. Like even a simple coat, I think it takes a little while. But yeah. um, And lining it takes extra time. But lining it, I always choose to line something with wool just because it makes it increases its value. It makes it last way longer. It makes it more of an investment piece. So. It makes it easier to put on. That's Yeah, why, definitely. Like, so you slip in easier. Slither in, yeah. Your yeah, sleeves yeah. You can keep in, in that extra bit of warmth. And I, it's kind of annoying when facings like flap about, you know? Mm. It's nice for it to be like fully Yeah, I finished. agree. I really hate facings. I've never liked them. Yeah. It's like I some every once in a while. Well. Yeah, that's in me. Because you have to like t- you're supposed to like tack them down. Yeah, and I don't think I do. Yeah, and it's annoying. So I feel like I finished like almost everything I make because I just it looks nicer. And for like the wool crepes that that mm. we have coming, yeah. and the double wool crepes. Could you use them to make something really simple like our everyday trousers? You could just make mm. a simple pair of trousers in them. You don't need to be looking at like. A tailored pair of like full button fly yeah no i i'd say that you could make our everyday trouser just with like a single wool crepe and you don't need to line it because the wool crepes are really nice because they they're that typical crepe texture if anything they're a bit more pronounced of a, of a texture mm. but they they don't feel like wool like if you didn't know what they were and you walked up to them and felt them it's like oh this is so nice what is this made of it's like it's wool it's like oh I, I, wow i wouldn't have known it but so they don't they don't feel like wool but they have the warmth of wool and they have the sturdiness of wool. So I think like a, one of the single wool crepes is a really good place to start because that is going to sew really beautifully like a wool twill with a bit more fibrous yeah. um, texture, but it's way more comfortable against your skin and you don't have to line it. Okay. So that was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't need to line them. Yeah. No. And then what would you, what sort of project would you use the double wool crepes for? You can use them for trousers. I'd say that like a tailored trouser, like a long, like a, wide leg or palazzo um is better something with a bit more a bit more <laughs> like a yeah, bigger a bit more v- volume. volume and weight where you yeah. want like a bit of a hang to it like i wouldn't say something really tight is good for a double wall creep you can also, use they're it kind of like they're not tight as weave. No, like yeah. they've got quite like a bouncy weave to them. yeah they've got some so mechanical give it yeah. wouldn't feel that like it would pull a little bit i think yeah honestly like a fitted uh, like cocktail dress or like strapless something would be gorgeous in a du- the double. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they both fit really well. Like they they fit bo- fit to your body really well, single or double. And um, I'd say they're both really good for blazers if you get up to that point. I think a single is more of like a transitional. So you could wear a single breast or single breast, a single um, layer crepe in the summer into fall and i'd say like a double is like more of a fall winter yeah so i think it kind of depends what you're making for and you could still line 
Like wear a single layer crepe and line it and wear it in the summer. It would just be warmer in the double. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just that extra like um, layer. Yeah, yeah. I um one of my like top wool makes is the Zadie's jump jumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. oh a jumpsuit anymore. is like perfect for a wool crepe. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it I feel really fancy in it. Yeah, but it's really comfy and it's really warm. It's like my wintry jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think those doubles would look really cool in that oh, for winter. Yeah. I'd be so luxury. They're really chic. Like, they are a really luxurious, like, very chic cloth. And just, like, looking at them is just like, oh, they're so beautiful. And the, the colors are so wonderful. I think even if they got washed, like, the dye would hold up really well. Like, yeah, they're really they're vibrant, nice. lovely colors. So if you're in the, in the market for a more, like, more of an investment piece for yourself or for a gift, like, this is definitely the collection to, like... Um, buy some really fantastic crepes because yeah they're just wonderful to work with such a dream well thank you for coming on Hayley and chatting to me yes your so fun. podcast debut probably not your last episode <laughs> yeah no we'll okay. have you back on at some point um, <laughs> to talk about another fibre maybe yeah yeah thank you Amazing. so much yeah happy sewing everybody See you next week. Thanks as always to Fred for editing and to Faf for sponsoring. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, could you give us a like, follow, a little heart. Um, Really helps new listeners find us. Thank you.